One Week Season. One week season fam welcome back we are in week two of our best ball plus 2023 subscription and service we are ready to rock it is just me mike johnson m johnson 86 here with you on this monday as we go through the market updates and reactions to news this will be a weekly thing that we will do uh, for our subscribers and in the free podcast feed for one week season. Hopefully those of you listening on that feed will check us out and consider uh, joining us as we go through the summer and attack these best ball contests. So uh, Hilo is a little under the weather tonight, so it's going to be just me um, taking you through what we have going on. So as we get into things, we're going to kick off with news. So there's not a whole lot that's happened in this week since the NFL draft. Um, as far as news in the NFL goes, it's kind of a, a quieter time outside of just reactions and people talking about what's going on, uh, what happened in the NFL draft. But the, the biggest thing is uh, rookie mini camps have been kicking off. Um, so you can expect to see puff pieces on rookies and um, you know, this guy looks great, uh, he's moving well, he has great chemistry, etc., etc. Um, all the things coming from the beat writers, uh, coming out of the organizations who obviously have a vested interest in uh, selling to the public that these players that they just brought in, they made decisions on, were the right players to bring in. So a lot of puff pieces going to be coming out, something we talked about over the last week in some of our content was just how you can expect a lot of rookies um, ADPs to rise throughout this offseason and uh, the rookie mini camps is kind of where that all kicks off um, kind of just s continuing to roll off of the momentum created from the NFL draft so uh, that's number one number two this week the NFL announced that it will release its schedule on Thursday, May 11th. Um, we will have some uh, content coming out for that. Hilo will have uh, some reaction coming out Thursday or Friday once the schedule is released. His instant reaction and thoughts, his theory and strategy related to that. Um, once we have that information, excuse me. Uh, I also dropped some information for a strategy that I have specific to one of the contests related to the NFL schedule schedule release. And you can find that I dropped it in our Discord in our Best Ball 2023 subscription channel in the Discord for one week season. So you can check that out. That's for the subscribers. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty sharp take, uh, uh, definitely an edge that I'll be looking to exploit. And I'll dive into that a little bit deeper on Tuesday in the Theory Pod as well. So uh, moving on, we're going to take a quick look at underdog 
tweeted out their fallers and risers, their biggest fallers and risers from the first week since Best Ball Mania 4 opened. So just going to kind of go through those fallers and risers and, and kind of what I think about those situations and how we can react to that news and that information and go from there. So we'll start off with Tyler Algier, the running back for the Falcons. No surprise to hear dropping over 40 spots from the start of Best Ball Mania 4. The thing we need to keep in mind at this point is the prior ADPs were from contests that took place, the drafting took place prior to the NFL draft. So obviously with Bijan Robinson being selected eighth overall by, by the Falcons, that was going to take a huge um, dent, take a huge dent out of Algiers draft stock, which it did falling approximately four rounds and probably a little, little bit further to go still. Um, this pre- does pre- present an interesting buying opportunity for us as Algier is a young player who is coming off a thousand yard rookie season and he's being selected in like the 14th round now. Um, could get him even later sometimes in the 15th. So that's an interesting spot. We do know, obviously, running backs are fragile. So so Robinson could go down at any point. The Falcons are one of the run-heaviest and most efficient running teams in the league. So Tyler Algier definitely presents an interesting buying opportunity, a buy-low spot for us to attack as his ADP has plummeted. Next, we're looking at Josh Palmer again. Not a huge surprise here. Palmer, this is in reaction to the Chargers selecting Quinton Johnston with the 21st overall pick in the NFL draft this week. Palmer basically is now a late round, last round flyer as essentially what amounts to the fourth wide receiver for the Chargers. The selection of Johnston in itself kind of is a bit of an indictment against Palmer's development. Um, the, the fact that they felt the need to invest that highly in the position with Palmer on the roster. Uh, he, he They clearly don't think he is like a cornerstone type of wide receiver that the, they can count on. That being said, Palmer is really interesting late round dart throw because of his situation playing with Justin Herbert. The Chargers also now have Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator, who was previously in the same position for the Cowboys. And a lot of people are expecting those, the Chargers to be much more aggressive and to really lean into the strengths of Herbert's arm in the passing game this year. Well, when you look at the situation Palmer is in, sure, he is the wide receiver four for the Chargers, but he's in a situation where all three of the receivers ab- above him provide some opportunity, we'll say, for Palmer to step in. Now, you have Keenan Allen, who is definitely in the twilight years of his career, uh, over 30 years old. Uh, He's battled injuries, missed significant time last year. You have Mike Williams, who's approaching 30 years old himself, and he is known for making these acrobatic catches and then getting up and limping off the field and missing the next two weeks. So, you know, those two guys are, are definitely at you know fragile points in their career. And it, it would be shocking, really, to me if 
either of them played all 16 games. And then you then you have Quinton Johnston, the first-round rookie wide receiver, who obviously they selected him in the first round. You don't really see first-round round wide receivers get selected and not at least be the wide receiver three. It That's just not the, the way the NFL works these days uh, with these college offenses throwing so much. Receivers are coming in pretty much ready to rock, at least get on, get on the field. And teams want to want to you know see their investment play out. So Johnston again, he, he's someone who's going to be on the field, but he is a he he's a bit of a project. He is um, someone who's going to have to develop, and you know he's a young player learning a, a new system, uh, a more complex system than anything he's ever seen before. So. Uh, those three players above Palmer, all very fragile, we'll say. And Palmer, he's in a unique spot where because of how his development has gone since he's been in the NFL, he is someone who has played at multiple wide receiver spots and he could step in should any of those three go down. So, um, you know, he is certainly an, an interesting late round dart throw as a way to get exposure to one of the top offenses in the league. And, you know, you could stack him up with uh, Justin Herbert. Um, once we have the schedule out, you could use him as a game stack, depending on who the Chargers play in week 17 or the playoffs. So just a really interesting uh, spot there for Joshua Palmer, who Again, he's someone who we've seen have very solid games before. And, you know, just expanding on that point of his potential, um, you know, to become a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. If that happens, the likelihood of it happening increases the later it gets in the season. Just the way the NFL works, players' bodies breaking down, injuries, you know, accumulate towards the end of the year. So. Uh, if he were to see uh, a big bump and become like a primary wide receiver for the Chargers, it would be exactly when we want him to be uh, towards the end of the year, towards week 17, when all the money is made. Um, next faller, Kenneth Gainwell, running back for the Eagles. Again, this is no shock. During the NFL draft, the Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift, in addition to Rashad Penny, who they had signed in free agency, this bumps Gainwell to effectively the third running back for the Eagles. However, again, Gainwell, looking at the positives as we see this is a buy-low opportunity potentially, Gainwell is trusted by Jalen Hurts. He's trusted uh, by the coaching staff. He, he played extensively in their playoff run, their Super Bowl run last year. So he's a guy who is very interesting. It's like a zero RB uh, candidate or a, again, an Eagles stack or week 17 correlation type play. Again, the, the two players, sure, he is the RB3 for Philadelphia as it stands here in May. But the two players that are stationed above him DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny are the epitome of injury prone and somewhat disappointing high draft capital players. So there's a reason the Eagles were able to get both Swift and Penny for, 
you know, pennies on the dollar. And while both Swift and Penny are, are guys who I'll be taking some of as well, Gainwell being selected uh, so late and having his ADP drop uh, to su- such a great extent certainly presents an opportunity for us. He is being selected in like the 16th round of drafts. So, um, you know, he he's someone we should keep in mind and, and certainly don't want to completely take off our radar despite his somewhat negative outlook that has developed in the last week or so. Uh, moving on, Cordero Patterson running back for the Falcons. Patterson, 32 years old. He's the effectively the third running back now for the Falcons. And while he did have some nice games last year, he's not somebody that I'm particularly interested in. And so, you know, Patterson is is not someone that I'm going to suggest as like a buy-low type. Next, we've got Dawson Knox, the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Knox is being knocked at this point for the selection of Dalton Kincaid by the Bills. They traded up for Dalton Kincaid in the first round of the NFL draft. So Knox is um, effectively... Dalton Kincaid is one of the right on the risers list actually. And effectively what's happened is as Kincaid has risen, uh, Knox has fallen. And it's interesting because Knox, who is someone who scored touchdowns and I believe it was five or six straight games towards the end of last season. And it's just really interesting to see him dropping down to tight end 17 when Dalton Kincaid, who hasn't done football drills since about November um, and appeared to be down to like 220 pounds or less at his pro day, uh, he's all the way up to tight end 11. Now, I'm very high on Dalton Kincaid. Talked about him last week. I, I really do like him as a player. But also, there's a lot of talk about him filling in as more of a big slot. Uh, there's a big slot wide receiver, I should say. Um, and him and Knox being on the field a lot. So I think that Dawson Knox being a way to get exposure in the 13th, 14th round at a difficult and highly variant position in tight end and being, um, you know, someone, again, like you can get exposure to Josh Allen and the Bills offense late. You can find... Uh, that those correlations in those stacks for cheap. Uh, so I think that, you know, my, my approach here is, is going to be, and I've, I've drafted a couple teams with Dawson Knox on it already. So um, yeah, I think that as he falls, it's understandable, but again, as has been the trend for everyone except Patterson on this fallers list, certainly a buying opportunity and, uh, a spot where the market seems to be overreacting, in my opinion. So as we move to the risers list, uh, we'll start off with a shout out to Hilo. Hilo, hope you're feeling better, man. I know uh, you get those stomach bugs. That's no fun. So uh, get well soon. Can't wait to hear your theory stuff this week. Um, but Jarek McKinnon, uh, someone that Hilo was tweeting about and talking about it as a target. 
He's up 53.6 spots on the underdog ADP since Best Ball Mania 4 was released. So Hilo hitting it right on the head there. I think McKinnon will continue to rise in average draft position and kind of settle somewhere in the uh, like 10th, 11th round range. Uh, currently, he is up to... just outside the 12th round. So, yeah, I think he's still got a couple more rounds to go, so there's still some value to be had there. Patrick Mahomes, uh, essentially top target out of the backfield, had quite a few touchdowns receiving last year, several big games, which spike weeks that we're looking for in uh, best ball. So, uh, you know, great candidate there to keep rising and – you know, we can we can keep buying right now um, until things level off. Next, next we're looking at Jonathan Mingo and Rasheed Rice, uh, two rookie wide receivers who are seeing their draft stock uh, go up quite a bit. Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, second round pick for the Carolina Panthers, uh, being paired with Bryce Young. I would imagine that a lot of his rising ADP has to do with that connection with Young, uh, Young being the number one overall pick and being able to stack him with Mingo and hope that the rookies have that connection for a relatively cheap price. And I think that, uh, you know, his, his price currently, he's going roughly in the 13th round. So I think that 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 price is probably about right. Um, actually, you see, now he's up to the 12th round. So he keeps going up. Um, so I think that's about right. That's about as as high as I would hope that it would get. Um, I think he could make sense in those stacks I talked about at this point. But, um, you know, I don't think for me, I think any any further, any more of a raise in his ADP and I'll probably be out on Jonathan Mingo. As for Rasheed Rice, he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, everybody who is attached to Patrick Mahomes is going to get positive buzz, and Rasheed Rice is no exception. Um, the rookie wide receiver drafted in the second round, you know, he joins a relatively uh, inconspicuous receiving core for the Chiefs. And so I think that, um, you know, we could continue to see him rise uh, another couple rounds from his 12th round ADP, um, you know, and I think that's appropriate considering uh, being a rookie and being attached to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, My boy, Anthony Richardson, next on the list. So Anthony Richardson, uh, the dual threat quarterback who essentially uh, the market's figuring out quickly what you know that kind of upside is worth and he continues to ascend he's the QB 11 currently he is all the way up to an ADP of 87.3 which is the 8th round so that means you're essentially everybody's being that's drafting him is drafting him as their starter which is a pretty big leap of faith i had some strong words last week about how i felt about him uh, unfortunately for me, there's 
quite quite a few others apparently uh, who feel the same way. So I'm going to have to pay the piper if I want to get him on my teams. But um, you know, certainly the upside there and the potential that at the end of the season we're looking back at the eighth round as a relative bargain for uh, the production he could provide. Next, we've got Irv Smith, tight end for the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually just wrote up Irv Smith in my uh, CLV targets, closing line value targets uh, article that will be coming out on Best Ball Plus. Um, I think he is someone who he is in prime position to continue an ascent in average draft position. Uh, Smith obviously disappointed uh, so far in his career for the Vikings, was replaced by TJ Hawkinson, but he's got a new lease on life for the Bengals. The Bengals are one of the top offenses in the league. And when I look at the current ADPs uh, in best ball, Irv Smith is the tight end 21. The 10 players that are ranked above him, so tight ends 11 through 20, Every single one of them qualifies in one of these two categories. They are either on offenses that are projected to be significantly worse than the Bengals, or they are players who have workload concerns as they're sharing the position with another player. So, for instance, the Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox situation that I talked about. So you have 10 players who all are either on bad offenses or are not even you know, a full-time tight end. And with Irv Smith, early reports are that he is sliding right into the the quote-unquote Hayden Hurst role, which drew over five targets per game in 2022, saw at least five targets in all four of their uh, playoff games last year. So, um, or sorry, all three of their playoff games. So it's a spot where, once camp opens up and Smith's role becomes clear to the masses that he is this starter in Hayden Hurst's role, the upside of his offensive situation and the security of his role relative to the um, ambiguity around some of these other players that are currently ranked above him is going to shoot him up the tight end ranks and therefore is going to move him up to where you know there's a good chance he ends up in like the 11th to 13th round. Of ADP, whereas currently he's going off, as I said, as tight end 21 um, in like the 14th round. So uh, because of that, I think that Irv Smith is a guy that we should continue to target. He's a perfect back end uh, tight end that we can get as a tight end two right now. And he might end up being drafted as a tight end one uh, by the end of the draft window. And moving on now, we have the uh, just wanted to, t- to touch base quickly and talk about the puppy. So the puppy, uh, <laughs> for those who aren't familiar, is underdog's smaller contest. It's a five dollar entry fee. So the puppy has a five hundred thousand dollar guarantee, one hundred and eleven thousand entrance to the contest. Um, first place is significantly smaller, $75,000. So significantly smaller than Best Ball Mania 4. But uh, the puppy, as of this recording, which is Sunday night, 
It's 26% full already, and it's on pace. By the end of this week, the, this podcast is being released. Uh, the puppy should fill. So, you know, when we look at that, uh, what that means when you have these contests, that their draft window is going to be much smaller because the puppy is essentially going to be open for about a week. And Underdog will release several puppies uh, over the course of the summer. So what that means is that some of the things we talk about with closing line value and how uh, these ADP movers that we just uh, discussed in depth, when you get these smaller draft window contests, you're not going to see those huge changes, which means that you don't quite get the same value uh from attacking that sort of thing. So you've got to find different ways, different things that uh, you can do to find edges, find leverage uh, within the, a contest like that. So uh, looking at the puppy specifically, again, uh, for Best Ball Plus subscribers, get in the Discord, check out the message I sent in there. Uh, I have a, a strategy for uh, finding that edge specific to the puppy that I think is really important. You want to check out uh, and consider if you are putting entries in the puppy, consider uh, the approach that, that I suggest. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about is leverage that you can get via some unique early round pairings. So because of the length of the draft window in Best Ball Mania 4 and some of these other a larger contest like DraftKings and Drafters uh, they, that they provide in their flagship contests, what you end up getting is that ADP fluctuates and there's so many drafts over such a large period of time that early, the early round pairings of players become extremely... What is the word I'm looking for? They become extremely uh, um, variant. So what I mean by that is you get a lot of different pairings and there aren't really, you're not going to be that unique no matter how much you try in those bigger contests. Within those early rounds, there's going to be other people who naturally have those pairings. So even if you're reaching and it feels like a unique pairing at the time that you draft, those other pairings are going to happen just naturally as the ADPs shift. So, um, you know, if you reach for a player at the start of the second round who usually goes in the late second round, well, sure, okay, now you have him with whoever you took with your late first round pick, and that's somewhat unique, but if that late first round pick, if their draft value rises, then they become a mid first round pick and you'll get a lot of other people with that same pairing. Uh, vice versa, if the person, the player being drafted that you draft um, with the late second round ADP, if their ADP moves up, uh, then it becomes much more common uh, for play other people to get that same pairing at the one two turn that you did. So, you know, the, the quote unquote leverage that, you know, you might be seeking for unique early round pairings, um, 
kind of gets nullified in those large draft window contests. But in these short draft window contests, such as the puppy, um, that is not the case because these ADPs, you know, over the course of a week, especially at the higher end uh, of the draft, the first couple rounds, um, those aren't, you know, aren't going to fluctuate a ton within, you know, just a seven to 10 day window. So there's a lot of leverage that, that you can find via unique early round pairings. So um, one of the ones that we want to talk about is this is a Hilo special. Uh, so shout out to Hilo. So uh, Lamar Jackson currently be drafted uh, with an ADP of 31.8 on underdog. Uh, so that is the middle of the third round. Also in the middle of the third round, right next to Lamar is Mark Andrews with an ADP of 31.9. So what that means with both of them uh, being selected in that same kind of range and that range being in the middle of a round is that it's very rare that it will be very rare to see those two uh, paired together. So um, what you can do is, is essentially just reach on both of them. So if you have a pick at the 2-3 turn, uh, taking Lamar and Andrews, and that effectively becomes uh, a, a unique pairing um, that you might see more of. Again, as I talked about, you might see more of that in the larger draft window contest, but in this, in the puppy where they currently stand, uh, that's one you can attack and you can get that correlation uh, with those two stacked up. Uh, another one I wanted to talk about was the uh, Dallas Cowboys with CeeDee Lamb and uh, Tony Pollard. So CeeDee Lamb has an ADP of 12.8. So that's right at the one, two turn. And then Tony Pollard, uh, this is underdog ADP. So Tony Pollard has an ADP of 23. So that's right at the two, three turn. So um, if you're drafting at that one, two turn and you take Pollard and Lamb, uh, you're going to be very, very unique because where Pollard is being drafted, um, Lamb is basically always being drafted by about the 15th pick, and Pollard um, is rarely going um, to last but beyond the first or second pick of the third round. So um, those two, just by nature of where they're, ever draft position is it's telling us a story of a a natural range um, and standard deviation of where they're being picked and it's just going to be extremely rare to have those two together now um, in my team preview for that I wrote for the Cowboys for a basketball plus subscription I talked about the Cowboys offense uh, potential changes but also the upside and how correlated those players might be um, so I think that that is just like a, a tremendous opportunity to get those two players on a roster in a unique way um, to take advantage of that. And regardless of how your personal feelings are about the Cowboys, it's something you should definitely be considering uh, because um, it just has such a high upside and it's asymmetrical upside because if you're right, if the Cowboys have a big year, if Pollard and Lamb are the uh, centerpieces of that offense, um, you know, 
that unique pairing is something that, that could certainly separate you in a contest like this. Um, you know, the other thing that we wanted to talk about was targeting players with legitimate, like, number one overall range of outcomes uh, in their, um, you know, in, in their bag. You know, might not be the expected outcome, but something that we that we know is possible. So uh, Cooper Cup fits that bill. Again, we've seen it from him before. Uh, two years ago with his uh, record-setting season last year, he was again on pace to be the top receiver in the NFL. Um, so we know that, but he is being drafted uh, as like the fourth wide receiver currently, um, which, you know, he's still a top six pick. So, you know, it may seem weird to talk about uh, him as a, uh, I guess, value, but uh, just certainly something to keep in mind with uh, his range of outcomes and perhaps being overlooked or just the fact that he's done so well for consecutive years, people kind of get bored uh, and look for the next shiny thing. Uh, next, you have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb running back for the Cleveland Browns. Again, this is a player who is extremely, extremely talented. The Browns offense had uh, quite the disappointing season last year. And that disappointment kind of spills over uh, into the next season. But the reality is that Kareem Hunt is, is gone. They, they didn't bring anyone of note in to replace him. So Nick Chubb, kind of the knock on him has always been lack of receiving and lack of workload as he's usually split the load with people. But um, with a full offseason and with the same quarterback, uh, throughout the season and the offseason and, and stability there. This Browns offense could really take off. And Nick Chubb, with all his talent, um, he's the type of guy who it would not be shocking at all for him to be like the number one running back at the end of the season just because of what he's capable of. Um, you know, and those two players, Cup and Chubb, are certainly, uh, you know, those types of guys that they should be in consideration and there's less of a chance for uh, that um, for that variance and, and that ability for their upside to be realized for the room to, to become aware of it. So uh, it, when we are drafting in these smaller draft windows, so something to keep in mind. Uh, Hilo on our notes sheet, he had Derrick Henry listed here as well, but sorry, sorry, man, I'm not going to talk about him. <laughs> I, I am full fade on Derrick Henry uh, this year as I was last, so uh, <laughs> I'm not going to push him for you guys. So, so sorry about that to disappoint anyone. Um, and Hilo, I hope you're feeling better. So uh, that is it for our market update for the week of May 8th. Um, thanks for sticking with me and listening in. Hopefully we provided some valuable things for you and we're looking forward to digging into the theory throughout the rest of this week. Good luck and we will see you in the lobby.